man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. University of Georgia. Go dogs. So, uh. Yeah. Like eating the John mic there, Ray Ray. Oh, God, <laughs> Lee, get the mic out your mouth. Nice. Play to work sports. sports. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan. With my co-host Ray Ray, what up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? How we doing? Oh uh, man, it's a it's a good day, man. It's a good day. Well, there's a little cold outside, but I, it just means hoodie weather. I'm down with some hoodie weather still. So we also have us a special guest host, and that is uh, Mister Paul Paul himself. What's going on, Neil? What's up, John? What's up, Ray Ray? What's up, Glad man? to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah, definitely glad to have yeah, you, man. I'm looking forward to this. Yep, I know so, you have. You haven't shut up about it. <laughs> we got a uh, we got a, a special show for everybody out there. So we're going to talk a couple key things that's going on in a few sports uh, leagues around uh, around the, the the United States, I guess, around the world, whatever you want to look at it, and uh, and then we're going to roll into a late to work sports mock draft, our very first one. So. We'll kind of break down the rules uh, that we kind of went by to do our mock draft here in a bit when we get to that point, but uh, it should be a pretty good show. I'm excited, and uh, I guess Paul Paul hasn't shut up about it, so it should be a pretty good show. Y'all ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, then. All right, well, before we get into the mock draft, then, I will uh, will kick it over to Ray Ray and Paul Paul because they got some juicy MLB stuff, so take, uh, take it, Ray Ray. So I'm going to toss this ball up there for Neil to hit it out of the park when I say it. So the Tampa Bay Rays are the first team since 2003, Kansas City Royals, to start off with a 9-0 record, which is pretty impressive within of itself in baseball because no matter what, it is hard to win every single series, let alone sweep every series you've started off with. But now I'm going to give it to Neil to go and hit you with a few more things. That's right. The 9-0 start is pretty impressive, but more so than that, they've also scored the most runs in baseball through nine games with 75 runs scored and only allowed up to 18. Tonight was their 10th game, and had they won tonight, they would have tied the 1939 New York Yankees for the 10 straight games to win by more than four runs. But that game just concluded a couple of minutes ago, and they won 1-0. to Mm. So they will fall short of that record, but still an impressive start for the season. It's definitely a hot start. They're definitely the uh, the team in baseball. I believe Ray Ramey spoke about that last episode. Yeah, they are the team to beat right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're loaded with talent. I mean, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. I think they'll easily hit 110, 115 wins or more this season. Didn't they break 100 last year? I'm I'm pretty sure there was like three I'm, or four. I'm sure they did. Uh, to go ahead and put the nail in the coffin on this conversation with how impressive it is, the Rays are only spending $72 million on their team compared to everybody else who's almost in the $200 millions, So, Some of us are in the $200 millions. That's impressive. Yeah. 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 And then you get the Mets at $343 million, So, <laughs> A league of their own. Speaking of uh, history, then, 
we got to talk about the NHL Bruins. Not really talk about them, but I just got to really give a shout out because we have talked and talked and talked about this historic year. And what a time to be a Bruins fan. They just set the single season record for most wins in a season with 63 wins. This team is destroying, just sending the record book through the shredder. I mean, hats off to the Bruins. So, I don't know what else to say about that, gentlemen. I mean, there's just... nothing else to say. It's impressive. That's yeah, why we yeah, got to keep I mean, talking it, about it. Yeah, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, you can't really say much. So, well, that's pretty much it with everything. We didn't want to take up too much time because we're ready to roll into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode here. And uh, so that's the mock draft, like I said, our very first late to work sports mock draft. So for everybody out there, the way we did the rules here is we broke it down. We gave our guest host the very first overall draft pick. And then uh, Ray went second, and then I went third. And then we started over from the beginning. And we just cycled through that from 1 to 31, with there obviously only being 31 picks in the draft this year, or in the first round, excuse me, this year. And then uh, really the only rule we used for this draft was you could not trade a pick in the first round. And that was just to try to help avoid, you know, getting too messy, too confusing, and stuff like that. So without uh, without anything else from either one of you gentlemen, we can uh, we go ahead and roll in this one. And uh, I guess the only thing to say from here is, uh, Neil, the Carolina Panthers with the number one overall draft pick, you're on the clock. All right, so let's go ahead and do this. I uh, will start before I give you the pick. You know, it's pretty amazing to me that uh, Carolina gave up a lot to go get this number one pick to Chicago. They gave them the number nine, number 61 pick this year, a 24 first rounder, second rounder in 25. And then they uh, gave them DJ Moore. So, you know, they gave up a lot to go get this pick. And with that first pick, Carolina Panthers – Take C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. I think he's going to, uh, you know, really fit the scheme that Mark Wright's looking for. Um, you know, he's coming in 6'3", 214. A lot of people say he doesn't have the uh, football IQ that uh, um, Bryce Young has, but I think he is going to uh, show out. And I think he's going to be a great addition to the Panthers. Me personally, I don't know if I can argue with that. I mean, I definitely think uh, he is the best quarterback in the draft. I think he's a day one starter right from the rip. And the Panthers have built themselves a decent little receiving core with some of the the pieces they've picked up. And, uh, I mean, he's performed well against star-studded defenses in the college world. So... I can't argue with this pick. I think uh, I think Carolina wins A plus with this one. Yeah, it's a very very solid pick. You know, two times Heisman's finalist, most passing TDs in a two year span. I mean, how do you how do you pass that up? Listen to Big Ten history, just so you know, eighty five passes in two years in their history. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So how do you pass that up? I don't think you can. I think that's a great first round pick. You can't go wrong there either way. All right. Houston Texans, you are now on the clock. So I had the the Texans here, 
and I'm going to catch a lot of flack, and I'm going to catch a lot of hate from uh, some listeners, I'm sure. But when you're a team that is in such disarray and such despair that you can pick anything you need, and with a quarterback-heavy draft this year and with another pick coming around just around the corner in the first round, I don't see how you pass up somebody that is as... What's the word I'm looking for? Just not legendary, but he is a one of a kind of Will Anderson. Generational. So Houston Texans' second overall pick is Will Anderson Jr., University, Alabama. And somewhere out there, someone's like, oh my gosh, really? Second? But how do you pass up on the man who had a 94.7 All-Pro at at the Combine? Compared to Von Miller, he's the two-time award winner for best defensive player in football. Second most sacks in Alabama history at 34 and a half. And uh, the little bias is he was born just outside of Atlanta, so he is a Georgia boy even though he went and put on that Crimson Tide. But how do you? I don't see how you argue it. I don't see how you can. That's my pick. We're taking Will Anderson's second generational talent. One thing you left out there, Ray Ray, is that's 34 and a half most, second most sacks in Alabama history is behind the legend Derek Thomas. So, you know, he, he's, uh, he's fit to go in and be a, a day one game changer for this team. Another thing that was left out by both of you gentlemen, he only started for three years. So he didn't even play like a full four years starting for Alabama and performed that way. I mean, like like you say, Ray Ray, uh, he he won the, the top defensive player two out of his three years starting. I mean, he's going to instantly come in. He's going to command double teams. They're going to have to uh, uh, set schemes up to avoid you know, him getting up in there. It's the whole Khalil Mack when he came in there, he just reworked it. It's the whole uh, um, the whole AD when he's in there trying to stop you know, Aaron Donald. Personally, I think you need a quarterback, but with so many holes, I am not 100% sure that you grab a quarterback with this, so... I don't mind the pick because if you don't have a line to protect him, wide receiver for him to throw a defense to get you know him back the ball, all this and that. What is that quarterback really going to do? So I like it. I, I think uh, I'm not going to argue with that pick, Ray Ray. I like it. Yeah, I do too, and I don't think it's a reach either. I think for uh, Houston, I think there's uh, enough quarterbacks down they can uh, get. They can even trade up and get you know in the top 15 and still get a, a good quarterback and you get an immediate game-changer on the defense, which they desperately need as well. Which is the replacement to uh, to J.J. Watt. They hated that pick, and they ended up loving him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. with that, I now pass it off to the Arizona Cardinals. You are on the clock. All right. So, me as the GM of the Arizona Cardinals, I am going to pick Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech, with the number three overall pick. And here's why I picked him. Obviously, with Will Anderson going above him, I truthfully believe that Tyree Wilson is the second best defensive player out there. The dude's 6'6", 270 pounds, just a monster of a man, but he can also run. Arizona needs help. I mean, J.J. Watt retired. They lost a lot of other key defensive players. They ranked 23rd in sacks last year. So this will greatly help them out with that aspect. Um, I mean, he, he has a lot of upside. As a defensive player, he has an impressive step for a big guy. I I personally think this could be a a solid game changer 
for that front of Arizona. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't think I don't see how you Nothing argue you with it. Say about it. I think <laughs> you summed that up pretty good. Well, I mean, if you you led the Big Twelve in pressures at fifty with missing three games and had the fifth, fifth highest pressure rate at twenty percent. I mean, it's it's a beast on the line, man. I just it's hard to argue that too, especially if you're needing to fill a defensive hole, and that's what you have next. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, with that, the Indianapolis Colts, you are now on the clock. All right, guys. So my number four pick here. The Indianapolis Colts, you know, the Colts had a lot of problems last year at quarterback position. They gave up the most sacks. They killed my poor boy, Matt Ryan, who I think they just did wrong. But they've got to move on, and they've got a uh, new head coach. And I think they're going to take number four picks. So the number four pick in the first round, I've got them taking Anthony Richardson, quarterback from the University of Florida. Um. You know, I think Anthony can be the uh, face of this franchise moving forward. I think he's going to be an immediate QB1 probably uh, right away. You know, he had um, 2,500 passing yards last year, 654 rushing yards, so he's definitely a deal threat and 26 total touchdowns. Um, you know, 91.67 rating. Uh, he was compared to Cam Newton, and I think this is going to be a uh, quarterback that, you know, Indianapolis is not used to having this type of quarterback. I think he's going to be something different for them and their fans. But I think that, uh, you know, I think he is a immediate impact player that can come in, and uh, I think he's exciting to watch. I think the fans are going to like him. And right now I think Indianapolis needs all of those things. So I think he's uh, going to be a big deal, and I think they'll get him some people to throw to and get some people healthy, and he'll be good to go. What's your what's your thoughts on it, Ray? Man, I mean the the whole Cam Newton comparison, given everything we have with Cam, is that a good comparison? I mean, he had one very stellar season, and then he's just kind of fallen off the wagon since then. Now, yeah, he's big, he's athletic, he's the be- most athletic quarterback ever by the results to do the NFL Combine. But I think it's Indy. Is there a bad pick for quarterback as Indy? I mean, they haven't been the same after having Peyton Manning than having Andrew Luck. They just have not been able to get back to that star power, to that guy who can command the offense. I mean, we mm-hmm. burnt through Carson Wentz. We burnt through Matt Ryan. And there's another one in there who I can't remember that I – it's Phillip Rivers, wasn't it? Rivers, one stint? Yeah. yeah. So we burnt through three quarterbacks who I think we could say all the play styles are the same. I mean, they're all pocket passers. They're all guys who can't really do much. Carson Wentz never been the same after the MVP season. I don't think it matters. I think it's a it's a good pick in the sense of he's tall, so he can see over the line. He's athletic, so he can be able to move and get outside of that pocket, and he can even stay in the pocket if he really has to. But overall, just his game uh, footage isn't that good, and that's what to me matters more than just combine results because anybody can do more things in a T-shirt than they can when the pressure's on. So my thoughts on it, I think Bryce Young is a better quarterback right now than Anthony Richardson. However, I also believe the Colts are trying to recapture that Andrew Luck type of player, right? Obviously, Anthony Richardson can run better than Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was a big boy. He could take them hits. Anthony Richardson is a big boy. I mean, he's bigger than the average size of an NFL linebacker. So I think with them choosing to go 
with Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young is the correct call in the Indianapolis Colts situation. We've seen Matt Ryan got blasted a lot. He wasn't able to be protected because he was a pocket passer. We do know that there is questions about Bryce Young's size. Anthony Richardson will be able to be that that Cam Newton, that Ben Roethlisberger, that player that it takes a couple people to take him down. So I, I, I think that this is the correct fit for the Colts. Um, and I believe that Anthony Richardson, he has the potential to, to do really, really well, but he also has the potential to, to be a bust here. So it's going to be all determining on what they put around him and how this first season goes. But but if I'm the Colts, I, I like this pick personally. I, I think that's the guy you want to go after out of the remaining quarterbacks. Yeah, I think, everybody. I think he's going to be a, a different player for them. You know, I will say the comparison to Cam Newton, you know, is it a great comparison? If you look at Cam's first eight years in the league, he didn't. He averaged about 3,500 yards a year passing. Uh, he put up, you know, 194 touchdowns in 10 years. Um, so, you know, he did produce his first eight years. His last three years, you know, he struggled for sure. Um, but, you know – I figure if they can come in and get five, six, seven years out of this kid for sure, you know, they're in a way better situation than they were last couple of years. I agree. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Cam Newton definitely changed the atmosphere for Carolina. So, all right, all right. So that wraps that up. So uh, let's see. We're going flipping this over back to Ray Ray with the Seahawks. You are on the clock. So uh, as Seattle. We need help on the line, and uh, we've already seen two great linemen, you know, edge rushers and all, disappear, some linemen gone. But we need somebody big. We need a big body in there, a guy with some wingspan, a guy with some height, somebody that can apply some pressure, and uh, maybe a guy from the Big Ten. So Seattle Seahawks with the fifth round in the NFL draft are going to pick Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. What I didn't realize at first is he is a sophomore, so I guess he's a, the 21-year-old sophomore, so he must have been in college for, what's the minimum, three years? Yeah, I believe so. I think so, yeah. This man's 6'5", 272 teams. A few accolades, he's only uh, he's been the second team all Big Ten, and he's tied for the most sacks in the Big Ten over the past two seasons at 14. So if you played two seasons and you need a guy who to get some sacks and on the edge, I mean, it's not a bad pick. So Seattle needs help on that line. Seattle needs help with some receiving but I mean, we can get that later down the down the line. If they don't get Lucas now, they're not going to get him later. So that's why I'm settling right here on Mr. Van Ness. I like the pick personally. I think that's a uh, a good pick for them. Um, I agree. If they don't take him now, they don't get him later. Um, you know, and, and you know, you heard me say a lot. You know, sometimes you just got to put a big boy in a hole and stop somebody. Um, but I think he's a lot more athletic than that. But I really think he'll be a a player to step up and um, fulfill a need that they do need for sure. Yeah, I like this pick by uh, by Seattle as well. I mean, he did never start for Iowa, right? But even still, man, he's been one of their best defensive players. Uh, his upside's huge. I think he's a great fit for Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has a knack for taking these linebackers, these uh, these safeties, these corners, and grooming them into something. So I, I do believe that he is good. I, I think Jalen Carter is still out there. 
they could have went with Jalen Carter. I think Seattle would have been able to kind of handle the, the, the things that have happened with his character lately and it's and popped up into been questions. But I think uh, if you want to pick right now that can come in, you have nothing to worry about except for how to better improve his skill set. This is definitely your man. So I like to pick. Yeah, I like what you said too about, you know, Pete Carroll definitely as a coach to coach him up. They definitely can bring him to another level. Mm-hmm. Well, with that then, I'm going to turn it over to the Detroit Lions. You are on the clock. All right, so me being the Detroit Lions, we uh, we had some flashes on offense last year. Um, we seemed to be able to kind of do well. Jared Goff had a, a pretty good season, and that was even after getting rid of Hawkinson. So we're looking decent on there. I like where we're trending there. But what I did not like was our defense struggled. Now, obviously, we got Hutchinson last year, and the dude was great. Did very, very well for us, but we still need help. And me being the Detroit Lions with the number six overall pick, I'm going to pick Miles Murphy, edge rusher, out of Clemson. And here's why. At times, we were in the games only because our offense was putting up 30-plus points. Hutchinson's still on a rookie contract. We had some other players that are on cheap contracts too. You put Miles Murphy on the other edge, and now you have the J.J. Watt and Clowney situation where no matter which way you try to shift the line, you have a monster coming at you. Miles Murphy ran a 4.5740. I mean, that's the speed to chase down most players in the NFL. He, over the course of his career, he had uh, 82 quarterback pressures, 20 of them were sacks, and that was only over 38 games. So I think he's definitely going to come in and be an immediate force for the Detroit Lions and help take some pressure off of a struggling secondary that you know has, has picked up a couple key acquisitions. But uh, I think he's really going to be able to help put some more pressure and allow that ball to be thrown up for grabs from opposing quarterbacks. I mean, you bring... Truths there. I mean, and again, so early in the draft, you know, there's so much talent and everything, and there's so many good edge rushers. This, I think, that's what we can chalk this uh, this line up to, or this this draft up to, is there's so many good defensive linemen. So these teams that need these de- defensive linemen, how do you pass any of these guys up? I mean, six five two sixty eight, and he was running how fast? Four point five seven forty. Yeah, that's a freight train coming at you, at that size. Yeah, there's not a lot of people going to stand there and take that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, you yeah, want to be out of the way of that. I mean, uh, that's going to hurt. Again, like I said, if I'm opposing quarterback, I'm putting the ball up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Bye ball. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want this. Yeah, I know for sure. You got uh, you got any thoughts on it, Neil? You know, man, I like the pick. I mean, I think you guys have summed up the, you know, who he is. Um. You know, I think I think that uh, you know, Clemson, the the edge rushers out of Clemson scare me just because I'm a Falcons fan and I saw what Vic Beasley was supposed to be and what he wound up not being. Um, but you know, the ACC is not the same as you know the SEC or the Big Ten or some of those. So we'll we'll you know on paper he looks good, uh, and I think he's a good fit for Detroit. Uh, but well, you know, for me, the verdict's out on that one a little bit. 
Well, time will tell for sure. So, well, with that, the Las Vegas Raiders, you are now on the clock. All right, guys. So number seven here. Some of you guys are going to tell me I reached on this. and Maybe I did, but I think that. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> you know, the Raiders have uh, got a lot of fixes they need, but defense for sure is one of them. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of issues in their secondary and um, short running game, screen passes, things like that they struggled with. So, with that being said, with the uh, number seven overall pick in the first round, the Las Vegas Raiders take Nolan Smith, University of Georgia, go dogs. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah. You're like eating the mic <laughs> there, Ray Ray? <laughs> God, Lee, get the mic out your mouth. It's okay. So, you understand with them, Virginia Tech or Ghost Tigers. Now, you know, when you look at Nolan, you know, he had combined 71 tackles between 21 and 22. He had 15 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Um, you know, he's the biggest guy with a 40-plus inch vertical jump, so he can at least get those hands up if he gets in the backfield but don't get home. Uh, he's got a 440, 40-yard. Uh, you know, now he's a little undersized uh, for some of the NFL rushers, but um, – you know, all in all, man, he's got great attitude. He had a great pro day. He's aggressive. Um, he's got amazing change of direction, athleticism. You know, I just think he's going to be a game changer. And, again, you know, Josh McDaniels being a defensive-minded coach, you know, I think he's going to love him and eat him up. And I think it's going to be a huge addition for the Raiders this year. So uh, I'm going to go and speak on this before you do, John. So might beat you to a punch here. Because we've talked about it before. Now, obviously, he can't grow anymore, but he's 6'2", 6'3", right? Mm -hmm. Or 6'1"? 6'2". He's 6'2", 238. So Aaron Donald is, what, 6'1", like 280? Something wild, right? It's something ridiculous. Uh, I think Aaron Donald is actually shorter than that. Point being, Aaron Donald is smaller Mm -hmm. in height, right? Yep. And uh, Nolan Smith, can. it's easier, I think, to pack on weight than it is to grow an inch or two at that point. I don't know. I haven't grown any since, and uh, neither has any of y'all. So my point being, you can add the weight to him. We have seen that a shorter guy with a lot of weight who is strong can be a monster on the field. So I think the upside to Nolan Smith is a lot. I do personally think he's not going to go in the top ten. I think he's going to be a mid-tier guy. But I also think that Nolan Smith truly has the potential to be the guy of this draft, to like be the player if he really hones his craft, puts on the weight, and decides to learn how to do a little bit of more linebacker work because he didn't really do a lot of secondary coverage, right? He didn't really ever drop back. So he either had to shift to a true defensive lineman and hone that craft or learn how to linebacker better. But I think he can be the guy of this draft truly. But – uh. To end it, I'll ask you a question. Aaron Donald, 6'1", 280. Yeah, I was going to put that out there. Okay, so, yeah, big boy. So, it's possible. That's, what, 42 more pounds? That's nothing in the NFL to put on. They can put that on him easily within a year, within a season, and healthily. I think we can agree on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the NFL guys know how to beat these guys up and get exactly out of them what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, So, 
I don't think he's uh, to sum you up on your pick there, Neil, as the uh, seventh pick. I think it's a reach, but I think he will be a great player overall if he chooses to hone his craft and be willing to learn and adapt. I do think that there is still, to me personally, some better players out there. Um, but I don't think you necessarily can go wrong picking him up. Uh, like I said, I know Jalen Carter said out there, but do you, you know, again, and I hate to keep beating this up because people do make mistakes, but there is a question of the character and issues. And now you're going to put him in Sin City, you know, the city of Sin, yeah. Las Vegas. I don't think that's the correct fit for him. However, Nolan. Yeah. Smith, who got jacked up in Vegas already with that mentality? Harry Ruggs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah, exactly. So, but <laughs> Nolan Smith, right. He's a, he's a proven leader. Uh, I, and I've watched videos of him. He has no problem putting his teammates in line on the field. Hey, you made the wrong call. Your play was supposed to be, you know, this, this, and this. Don't do it again. And then come over there when they make the correct play and give them props for it. So that's huge. I think Nolan Smith is a, is a great player. Uh, I don't think the Raiders can be wrong picking up anybody personally that's going to play a line position because the Raiders were that's 30th fair. out of 32 last year in sacks. It's hard to do worse than that. Exactly. So unless you're the Falcons or one other team, and I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, you didn't have less sacks. So it it was, it's going to be an improvement. So like I said, to me, there's still some other players possibly you could have went out there, but I have to go with Ray Ray. You could see down the line, Nolan Smith right now, he may be saying that's a reach, but in five, 10 years from now, (laughs) he could be an Aaron Donald sitting with multiple defensive player of the year awards under his belt. So the, uh, I'm not my last thing I, my last thing I want to say before we press on is that of uh, with Nolan Smith, just the leadership, like you said, is astronomical. We'll see next year how Georgia will suffer. I think defensively, just losing that leadership. I agree with that for sure, hundred mm-hmm. percent. All right, so wrapping up that pick, I'm a little jealous of this next one. I don't get to do it, but we're gonna pass it on over to little Ray Ray here. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons, you're on the clock. So out of the three of us, I would put myself in a ranking of top three Atlanta fans as number three uh, for the Falcons. <laughs> so I would agree. So I would agree. I, <laughs> and me and I'm John really going to fight first. <laughs> that, uh, I didn't get – so the backstory is me and Neil picked these while we were riding in the truck together and going through this. I'm surprised he didn't say, hey, you're going to pick this guy – and here's why. I'm surprised he didn't bless me. I didn't want to influence it. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm sure he did not agree with it at first. I would be more than interested to know who he would have picked at a later time. But I'm going to have to go with the Atlanta Falcons picking at the eighth pick, Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, cornerback. Now, I think we can all agree Ooh. the Falcons were going to pick a corner. I'm sure that boo's coming because he wanted a guy from Oregon Mr. Gonzalez, I think he just wants to pull for another guy named Gonzo since we lost a tight end at that. However, this man was first-team All-American, and he had the fewest yards slash attempts allowed at three, and uh, there has to be a minimum of 50 attempts. Okay, so that's that's a lot of yards. Yeah, it it is. He's he's six foot tall. I know it doesn't make much of a difference to a guy who's like 5'11 and three quarters, 181 pounds. (laughs) I mean, they're almost the same, right, when you look at them as like height and weight. But I just think that given that he is a little bit more prolific 
this man is just in the... He was so good, he didn't need the combine, John. He didn't show up. He didn't need it. He didn't care to be there. He said, hey, my tape speaks for itself. You're going to draft me high anyway. That's not a real quote. It's just uh, <laughs> just going off of it. Hmm. You know. So I think it's going to be Devin Witherspoon, corner. He'll be probably corner number three, but it'll be a great relief to come in for the Falcons. So to go off what you were saying, I personally would have went with Gonzalez. I think Gonzalez fits more of the A.J. Terrell side. But either way, I don't think you can be wrong with either one of these picks. I do like both these picks. Um, Atlanta was ranked 25th in passing yards last year, ranked 24th in, in I, uh, interceptions, and 25th in turnovers overall. And those last two stats are per game. So Andy yeah, Witherspoon... And Jesse Bates is going to be a big deal this year, I think. Huge addition. Yes. And, 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 you know, along with putting Campbell now on the line with Grady Jarrett, yes. I really think that this is going to the we're, – we're getting some, cor- uh, some, some defensive backs that can hold their coverage a little bit longer. Maybe we don't up our sacks, but we up those quarterback pressures. We get that ball out quicker, and we get some throws that shouldn't have been thrown – and are gonna get intercepted or at least swatted down. So, I I do wish to wish we would went with Gonzalez, but I don't think you can go wrong with this pick either. Yeah, I don't think so. I you know I'm a I would not have chose Gonzalez either at number eight. Uh, to me, with Jalen Carter still on the board, I think the Falcons need to go there. Now they've since signed Clyce Campbell, which I think is a huge addition. But he don't have long left, I don't think. Uh, we might get a few years out of him. We'll see what happens. But, you know, for me, I'd like to see him take Jalen Carter. That had been my pick. Or trade up. You know, I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I think it's possible. Um, but, you know, he's not a bad corner. He'll be a good complimentary uh, corner to uh, Terrell. And A.J. can help coach him up. Mm-hmm. Jesse Bates can definitely help coach him up. Um, you know, we've got a new defensive uh, coach coming in this year. So, you know, I think all in all, he's a good pick. Now, he's he's not the fastest guy on the field. Um, you know, he's uh, he's he's a little average when it comes to his speed and stuff in a corner position, but uh, especially on the top end. But, you know, the only thing that concerns me about him is he's going to have to put some meat on his bones. Um, or not, I'm afraid he's going to wind up being injury prone in the NFL, but we'll see how that turns out. But all in all, you know, I I, I can't be disappointed with it. It's a good thing the Falcons need it, but me personally, I just I wouldn't have taken him at eight. Well, all right then. But here's <laughs> good have... news. Regardless <laughs> of what we think about the Falcons, the Falcons are going to screw up whatever pick they have because they always it. do. Stop it. <laughs> Go, Ray Ray. That's right. Go. The real eighth pick is actually a wide receiver. God. Anyway, the ninth pick is going to be the Chicago Bears. You are on the clock. All right. So I am the GM for the Chicago Bears, and I'm looking at my quarterback that we've had for a few years now and the fact that he just gets demolished year in and year out. And I know that, right. that there has been some issues, or not some issues, some questions about his uh, health and longevity and is he injury prone and stuff like that. I don't want those questions to continue to pop up. So uh, me, 
you got to fix your offensive line. It was arguably the worst last year out of out of everybody. You gave him some new targets, but we got to fix the offensive line. So I'm going to attempt to say this man's last name, but I'm going to go with a uh, Peter Sharonsky, O lineman out of Northwestern. That's good enough. That's close. close. Got to be. Close and that's a big old boy. It is a that's big right. man. That's right. What y'all gentlemen think of that pick? Go ahead, Neil. I, I like the pick. Um, I think he's a good fit. You know, I don't think it's a reach. I think he's right where, you know, he probably should go. Um, for a big man, he moves too. You know, he's got a 5.140 yard dash and he's got a 34 and a half inch vertical. You know, broad jump, nine foot, seven inches. I mean, this guy can move some space. Um, so, keep in mind, he's 313 pounds. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. a heavy body. I mean, you talk about just moving people out of your way. Um, you know, I, I like the pick. I, I don't really have any one way or the other. I don't think, you know, I don't know who else you would have took at that point. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I, I think it's a good pick. I like it. What you got, Robert? Now, going off the uh, the whole injury prone, isn't every quarterback, if he's getting killed all the time and has to get out of the pocket, so I mean, anybody's going to be injury prone at that point. I think it's a great pick. And keep in mind, everyone listening, that the rules are we can't trade. I yeah. think they could have traded down and probably still got him, but given the rules in place mm-hmm. at nine, it's a great pick. That's who they need. Their weapons are, are there now. I mean, they got what they needed, I think, with their wide receiver one from Carolina. Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. I think he's actually going to have help. I really do think he'll be the first. What's what's the stat? They've never thrown four thousand yards or three thousand yards in Chicago. Uh, something like that. I think it's three thousand, but I know it's not four thousand. Which is crazy to believe that it's three thousand. I think with this on the line, and it goes back to hey, if he's willing to learn, right? That's what we chalk all this up to. You're only a bust if you truly just go, I don't want to learn from you, and you just think you know it. Great pick. Can it be better? All right, all right. Out for Chicago. Well, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, you are now on the clock. All right, so I was surprised that when this pick came up, uh, some of the players still on the board. Um, so that being said, Philadelphia Eagles, with the number 10 pick, going to take – Mr. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, University of Georgia Dogs. <laughs> now he's going to be Y'all teaming up noxious. with his teammates of Nicobe uh, Dean, so they'll get to play together again. And uh, he can have a little homecoming there, and he's also going to be playing with. Uh, oh my lord, I just lost his name. It's okay, Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. Thank you very much. That's who I was You're looking welcome. for. Um, you know. Look, we've all talked about Jalen's issues off the field that he's had. Did it hurt him? I think a little bit for sure. He went from everybody saying he's going to be the number one pick in the draft to, you know, he's definitely going to drop some um, yeah. come draft day. I don't personally like some of the things he's done lately with uh, only talking to certain teams and top ten and this and that and, you know, 
for some reason he's not showing out, not completing drills, some of that stuff. That bothers me a little bit. So is the moment too big for him? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's a young man who made a mistake. He's got a lot been thrown at him, and there's a lot more to come. But on that football field, I think all that goes by the wayside. I think hands down, he's a stud. Um, you know, he's stupid fast for somebody his size. Um, he's strong as an ox. You know, played 12 games, had 32 tackles, three sacks last year. You know, I just don't think you can go wrong with him. I think he's going to be a huge addition to the Eagles, and he may even be the player that kind of helps them get and uh, go up over the top here. Um, you know, 6'3", 314 pounds. You know, so that's about all I got to say about him. You know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see draft day, though, where he really falls. But for this draft, I got him at number 10. I can't argue with that. Only thing I'm going to say, uh, then we'll just, I'll, I'll keep it moving, is that uh, I think this is a great fit for him because I think there's a lot of veteran defensive players on there that will really be able to – Yeah, Fletcher Cox and some of the other yeah, guys. Yeah, they'll be able to sure. work with his talent level and they'll also be able to work with maybe the character issues that are being kind of exposed. They'll be able to work with them and, and maybe just help this, this young man mature. So besides that, I got nothing else to say. I mean, real quick, I'll touch on if you can get him at 10, it's a true steal because he is on the football field, somebody to, you know, it's a monster, 2022 unanimous All-American. I don't think you can go wrong with him if he cleans up his act. I think he'll be a stud, definitely a great fit for the Eagles. Yeah, you know, and I, and I hope he's, you know, like I told you, I'd love to see the Falcons take him. I just don't know if he's still going to be around number eight or not. We'll see what happens. Now he gone. <laughs> All right, so that means uh, pass it back to Ray Ray, Tennessee Titans. You're on the clock. So with the 11th pick, Tennessee Titans are going to take Mr. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, TCU. Now, Cordova is going to probably be like, no, we need a, another big running back because we, we we're losing Derrick Henry. Well, guess what, Cordova? Y'all are getting Quentin Johnson, TCU. You can't go wrong here. Y'all need help anywhere on the offensive side of the football I mean, two-time first-team All Big Twelve, hundred sixty-three receiving yards in the college football semifinal win against Michigan. Can't go wrong with him. He's a big body, six-three, two hundred eight. If you want a big receiver, this is your big receiver. He's athletic, forty-point-five inch vertical jump. He can go up and get the ball. This is your guy, Cordova. This is who you're taking at thirteen. All right, my bad, eleven. Ooh. The only issues that I have with him is he was the number one option at TCU last year. And he only caught six of the 32 passing touchdowns. Um, I definitely think that he is a lot of raw talent and just needs a little bit of polishing on him. Um, he has struggled to catch some of the, the balls in traffic or when contact was initiated. So um, he's also struggled at, at times to create separation. So he definitely needs to have some things ironed out. But you work on these things, and, and I think he will be a great target. So I'm not opposed to the pick. Yeah, I like the pick, too, personally. I think it's uh, a, a good pick, I think, for Tennessee because they definitely, definitely need some help on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and I will say, he didn't. He wasn't the number one target, but when they needed him, he was reliable. He was there. I mean, he put up 163 yards in the uh, semifinal game against Michigan and made a couple of catches that were just unreal in that game. 
Um, so I, I think he's definitely somebody they can build on. And, uh, you know, after, you know, they don't have Julio anymore. I think didn't they get rid of AJ Brown too. He's gone too, isn't he? Yep, yeah. So, I mean, they, they definitely need some, uh, help on the offensive side of the ball. And I think he's, a I think he's a great pick. I think he's, uh, I think that's a, a smart pick. So with that, Houston Texans, you are on the clock. All right. So again, I'm on the clock again, right? And we've already got the top player in the draft in Will Anderson. Well, if we continue to pass on a quarterback, we might as well just say we don't care about this season. My man Bryce Young is still sitting out there. So with the 12th overall pick, the Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. So I think this is a no-brainer. Um, he's going to be forced to start day one for a team that needs a lot of help, which hopefully won't be detrimental to him. I don't think you can expect him to come in and make a difference on this, uh, immediately at least, on this team who does need a lot of help. But I do think if he stays healthy, it's a no-brainer upgrade at the quarterback position. He was very good at Alabama. Um, I think he has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. Time will tell, can he stay healthy, and how does he perform in this system playing for a team that has a lot of holes and has a lot of needs and really doesn't give him too many offensive weapons. So to touch on him first and quickly here for you, so he was the very first in Alabama to to win the Heisman as a quarterback, which is pretty crazy considering all the quarterbacks they've had of recent history. And um, when you think about, they have him listed as uh, the weakness. One of his problems is he tries to improvise too much. But when you look back at Alabama last year, I think it's safe to say they won as many games as they did because of him, right? Because of him. Just him being able to make those plays. I don't think Alabama would have won as many without Bryce Young. I agree. He's going to be a day one starter for them. I don't know his name. Who Who's there now? He's going to get put to the wayside. They're going to slap hands, say, hey, you tried, but we got this old boy in now to take the job. Yeah, you know, I I agree he'll be a day one starter. Um, unfortunately, though, my concern for Bryce is his size. That's going to be a conversation that's going to be had. He's only 5'10". Um, and sometimes he just tries to do too much. Um, but uh, all in all, you know, I'll be surprised if he is still around at this number come draft day as well. But for this draft, he was. He's available, and, uh, you know, I think it's a uh, super, super, super smart pick at number 12. Now, in Houston, if this was their real draft, they'd probably be uh, jumping up and down that he was available and cooking. Yeah, I think it's a win for Houston overall. They can end up with both of these. And it's yeah, definitely still to have him at 12. So it looks like uh, I think that's me coming up on the clock, right? Number 13 pick the New York Jets, and we are going to take offensive tackle from Ohio State, Paris Johnson, Jr. Um, You know, they definitely need some uh, offensive help. Um, They had a problem with a lot of sacks, had a problem with the running backs getting out of the backfield last year. You know, this guy is, uh, he can play right or left guard needed. Um, you know, just, just a big boy. He's coming in at six, six, 313 pounds. He can clog up a hole in a hurry if need be. 
I mean, there are a lot of big boys in this drug. Yeah. There's just a lot of big dudes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he is the biggest boy in the draft at 6'6", 313. It'd be hard not to be. So, uh, you know, I think he's probably the best offensive lineman in the draft. And, uh, you know, so that's it. I think he's going to do a lot of good uh, for the Jets, you know, especially if they pick up Aaron Rodgers. Aaron's going to need some big boys to get behind and keep him off the dirt because he's going to have to stay upright. That's right. So I think going off the Jets uh, off field, all their signings, I mean, they don't. What what more do they need? I mean, they had defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and they're, you know, so what more do we need? We just drafted, or not drafted. We just signed all these guys in free agency. Our wide receiver core is pretty stout. Our defense is arguably very stout. We just got to fix the line. I think coming down here, it's a great pick. It's a great lineman to pick up. I like it. Um, I think he's the second best ranked uh, offensive tackle in the draft. Uh, I think it's a great pick. Going to help protect Aaron Rodgers. He only allowed 14 pressures out of 449 pass blocking snaps last year. That is huge. Um, oh, yeah. The only correction I have is he is not the biggest offensive uh, lineman in the draft. There's another dude at 6'8", 300, over 370 God. pounds, but we'll get to that gentleman later. Holy cow. Yes, sir. Do you even have to move? He's a mountain <laughs> of a man. I even have that wrote down in my notes, mountain of a man for that guy. But either way, that is uh, that is all I got to say about Mr. Paris Johnson. Golly. <laughs> That's a big old boy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Both of them. Can yeah. you imagine sitting them next to each other and one of us standing there? No, I don't want to. I feel like Kevin Hart. <laughs> all right, so we'll wrap that up. All right, going back over to Ray Ray, number 14. New England Patriots, you're on the clock. So, unlike true Patriot uh, fashion, I did not pick some dude who would have been available in free agency that I could have got for probably a shoestring. So this year we're going to go for a wide receiver. We're going to actually do a little intelligent picking for our new quarterback of uh, Zappy. I need somebody to throw to. So the New England Patriots are going to take Jackson Smith from Ohio State. I think it's a good wide receiver to pick up. Uh, honestly, I would be upset that uh, Harrison isn't available this year because I feel like that would be who I really want. And that's, I think, it's from Ohio State. It's going to be who's really touted next year. But we'll go next best with Mr. Jackson. Just don't think you can go wrong with uh, 1,606 receiving yards, breaking the single-season record in 2021, and then leading all wide receivers at three-cone drill and 20-yard shuffle. This this is your guy. This is who your future is for your quarterback. This will be the target in New England. The only thing I got about this, uh, it's going to be great to me uh, lining him up across – from Juju Smith, so I think that's a good, good, uh, a good thing for them. The only thing I have is you, you don't quite know what you're getting with this pick because as a freshman, he only played 162 snaps. Last year, he only played 60 snaps. And the year in between those, he just destroyed everything that that was in his way. I mean, dude, just out there killing it. So I think you don't quite know, but I think the upside of this dude is very, very high. So I, I think. They're not drafting some dude out of Chattanooga, so... We are the New England Patriots. We pick whatever, and we make it hey, work. I like it. Do your job. I'm okay with the pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with it, too. I think uh, you, you are right, though, John. There's a little bit, you know, unknown here. You know, 2022, who played three games and had five receptions, 43 yards, 8.6 yard. So, but the year before, you know, he did. He lit it up like a firecracker. So, uh, 
you know, Bill Belichick's no dummy. And, uh, you know, he's obviously proven that he knows how to draft. So I think, uh, I think it's a good pick. Well, all righty then. Green Bay Packers, you are on the clock. All right. So with the Green Bay Packers and our n- new quarterback, Jordan Love, I'm going to look at him and say he needs somebody to throw to. Now, I think a lot of the wide receivers have already come off the board this high in the game. But what do we have out there that's good old security blanket and tight end? We see how that works in Kansas City. We see how that's worked when Matt Ryan then went to the Super Bowl with with, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, We see what a good tight end could do for you. So, See it in San Fran? Yes. I mean, it's everywhere. Great. That's that's the go-to that is guy. The go- I mean, Lamar Jackson, that's his favorite guy. You see it. So, to me, you definitely got to pick up arguably the top tight end in the draft, and that is Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah. Like I said, I think he's one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end there out there. He's definitely, to me, the, the best receiving tight end in this draft. Uh, if Love's going to succeed, he's going to need a big guy to target. This dude is a big guy he provides a secure blanket knows how to turn the numbers to you to 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 allow to put that body in place from obviously smaller corners maybe smaller linebackers covering him um with christian watson out there it'll help take a lot of pressure christian watson turned on close to the end of last year you're going to still need to get that same production out of him but he can't do it all alone dalton is the guy you pick go ahead neil I like the pick. Um, I agree on the tight end, everything you said. You know, they do need a safety blanket. They need somebody they can check down to in times. Uh, somebody that can get those eight, nine, ten yards and uh, get down the field. And, you know, like you guys said, especially, you know, George Kittle in San Francisco, you know, he's great. And then you get uh, on top of that, you look at Travis Kelsey. I mean, just all the guys you guys named. I mean, y'all just – you summed it up great. I mean, I think it's a good pick. I don't really have anything to say about it other than that. So what I'll hit on is, as of recent, every great quarterback has had a great tight end. It's everywhere. It is the biggest body that you can throw to out there, or at least should be. It's hard to lose him. You go, oh, there he is right there, 6'4", 250 pounds. His weaknesses are dumb that CBS has listed. Turns 24 in October. Who cares? Can't sometimes fail to sustain blocks running a game. Who cares? He can learn that. He's a tight end that can't run a vertical route. I'm pretty sure they don't. They're not supposed to really do those anyway. It's a great pick. You need it. Young quarterback, young tight end. They'll get together and hook up really well. I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, the Washington Commanders. You are now on the clock. All right, guys. So this pick, um, I, I kind of enjoyed this pick. This was a uh, one that I got to do a lot of research on because I wasn't real sure what to do with the commanders here, but uh, after researching it, number 16 pick, Washington Commander State, B. John Robinson, uh, halfback out of Texas. Now, this guy is a interesting uh, player, um, and he's done some things that I personally didn't know until I looked him up. But, um, you know, he was the 22 Doak Walker Award, which is the nation's best running back award given out. You know, he won that last year, put up – 3,410 rushing yards. Um, you know, he he's just out of the backfield. He, he's a beast to be contended with. Uh, he's really good about juking first uh, tackler. He's um, got good hands on screen plays. He can catch the ball as well. 
and uh, holds up real well in pass protection. Now, the Washington Commanders last year, you know, their top running back was Brian Robinson, and he only rushed for 797 yards last year. Um, for running back, you know, that's not a lot in the NFL. So, you know, their top three running backs all told didn't put up 1,500 yards combined. So they definitely are in need of a halfback, uh, and I think he's a guy, and I think Washington's going to be a better team with him. So I'll sum up my, my say in it real quick. Like I've said before, it's no fault to the running backs, but the position is just not worth as much as it used to be. I think he's it's a it's a reach to me. He's a great guy, but to me, I'm not taking a running back ever again in the first round, just given all the talent that has come out of the later rounds. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I'd really picked it. Um, I think that uh, commanders do have a lot of other things they need to pick: O line, cornerback, linebacker, even a quarterback. Uh, but I did not know the commanders rushed as a team so low last year. Now Robinson did come back after being shot in the leg, so that's you know he may have a better season this year. But this dude from what we've seen so far, will definitely probably be an upgrade. So I don't know if there's a quarterback you want to grab this high up in the draft. So this may turn out to be a, a pretty good steal for them after all. So, Well, just to give you that stat on the rushing for the commander, so Brian Robinson, 797 yards. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 546. He got 1,300 yards there. And then after that, you know, Jonathan Williams only did 152. And that was on 37 attempts. Uh, and then J.D. McKissick only rushed for 95 yards on 22 attempts. So they desperately are needing some help out of the backfield, so that was why I took him. Maybe a reach. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what they do on draft day. So I guess with that, that goes to number 17, Ray Ray. Pittsburgh Steelers, you are on the clock. So the Steelers, you know, they need to help out on this defensive line. I think J.J. Watt has the potential to be an absolute – excuse me, not J.J., uh, T.J. has the chance to be an absolute beast this next year. If you get a little bit of help, so with that, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take Elijah Cantsey from Pittsburgh, defensive lineman. He's 6'1", 281 pounds compared to Aaron Donald. They may say he's too short. They may say whatever they want to, but we have proven one thing through past athletes. Aaron Donald can do it. He's compared to Aaron Donald. Let's take the risk. Draft pick, selection, scouting means nothing. What these boys want to be and what they try to be is what really matters. We need help on the line. We get this big body up there, and he just just plows through. I think you're going to see a lot of sacks and a steel curtain coming back to Pittsburgh, and this is another one of those pieces. I uh, think this makes their, their defensive front pretty scary. Um. I think maybe it could be a bit of a reach in them, but at the same time, he he has the potential to be really well or to do really well, and he's familiar playing there. He he is not going to a different climate where he's not used to, and he's trying to figure it out. This dude played his college ball in the exact same field he's going to go play pro in. So, looking at it uh, with a second look. I think this may be a good pick. They did pick up Patrick Peterson, so that helps with their cornerback and their defensive back situation. Um, and also, now you got these these monsters pushing the pocket in on that quarterback, forcing him to throw it sooner than they want. So, 
looking at it now, I think it was a pretty good pick. Yeah, I can get on board with it. Um, I mean, you guys have addressed the issues. If it is a reach, it's going to have more to do with his size than it is anything. Uh, but he's an explosive player for sure. So I think it's a, uh, you know, definitely. And he'll be going back to play with his teammate quarterback there, Mr. Pickett. So, uh, you know, they'll uh familiar with each other and can help get each other to another level, hopefully. I think this is going to be Pittsburgh's well, year, though. I think it's fair. It's fair. We'll see what that defense can do. Well, with that, moving right along, speeding this up for everybody at home because we don't want to draw out this episode. We're moving on to the Detroit Lions. You were on the clock. So Detroit Lions, like I said, every great quarterback needs a tight end. And I think here you pick Michael Myers, tight end out of Notre Dame with the 18th pick overall. Uh, Arguably the second best tight end. You did lose Hawkinson last year. This dude's very good at winning contested catches. Um, Goff had one of his best years. And when Goff throws to a tight end, he has his highest passing rating. So to me, it's a no-brainer. I understand your defense needs a lot of help, but how could you pass a, a guy that's going to make that offense be able to put up even more points? So that's my pick. No, good pick. You had a prolific offense. The guy's proven statistically he does great with a good tight end. Why not? Compared to Jason Witten, that's a win. Yeah, I like it. Good pick. All right. Well, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you are now on the clock. All right, so with the uh, 19th pick overall, Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Um, you know, he, he's a heck of a safety. Tampa Bay desperately needs a uh, safety help here. And I think, you know, this is a great player there. He was second-team All-American last year. He was the only SEC player with 90-plus tackles and two-plus interceptions and two-plus sacks last season in the SEC. Uh, and for the SEC, that says a lot. Great football IQ, all in all. Uh, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. And I think if we've seen anything from Alabama, is they usually put out good product. Very rarely does something come out of there and it not work in some way. I like it. I think it's going to – I think he's an ideal fit for Todd Bowles' defense. He's very versatile. Um, he's a solid tackler. Only missed 3.3% of his tackles last year. And tackling has definitely been an issue in the NFC South as of last year. Bringing him in is also going to allow Winfield to play a deep safety, which he's more suited to do. I think it's a great pick for uh, for the Buccaneers. All right, keeping it moving, going to Ray Ray, number 20. You got the Seattle Seahawks. You are on the clock. So somehow I found myself GMing twice for the same team, which was a weird <laughs> thing to do. Because looking back, I realized I really wanted to love on this line and make us a very stout line. They said the defense struggles in the secondary. You give them a primary on that line that helps them out and brings pressure. So with that, the 20th pick, the uh, Seattle Sea Chickens are going to pick Brian Brees from Clemson, defensive lineman at 6'6", 298. So here we go. We're doubling up on the linemen. Man, I'm just saying, if they can both be prolific like they've been, that's two big boys that if they can learn how to play this game at the professional level, your line's going to be stout. Why not? Offense was fine last year. It'll be fine without a first-round pick this year. I like it. I think uh, offense is not the issue in Seattle. Seattle had 45 sacks last year. This guy's definitely going to command at least another 10, You know, whether it's him putting the sacks in or somebody else. So I like it. Um 
I think he, I think he scored, knocked out of the park with both picks for everybody. Yeah, I like it too. I think this is a great pick for Seattle, especially with the loss of Bobby Wagner. And, you know, they're going to need some defensive help. And this kid moves well for his size. And I think it's a, a great pick. Well, with that, we're going to go back into the mind of Shady with the Chargers. You are on the clock. All right. So the Chargers with a 21st pick in the NFL draft pick Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. I think this is one of the best wide receiving options in the draft, in my opinion. I, I know that there's some big body wide receivers, but this dude reminds me of an AB. I think Chargers need help. Uh, Keenan Allen's aging. Mike Williams injury prone. If we've seen anything last year in their playoff collapse, they couldn't score points at all in the second half. They need yep. somebody that Herbert can throw to. This is it right here. Save flowers. Yeah, it's a good pick. You're getting old and wide receivers. My only thing is I'm not fond on a 5'9 guy. Uh, we see it with Tyreek Kill. The only thing he can do is speed. If he didn't have speed, he would get shut down more. I'm a six-foot kind of threshold for my receivers personally. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he does. He's got a small catch radius, tiny frame. But, uh, you know, he still put up over 1,000 yards last year in receiving receptions, averaging 14, almost 14 yards of catch. I think it's a good pickup personally. He is a little small, but he's fast as lightning. Uh, but, I mean, uh, to touch base, I think it's cool. All-time receiving leader in receptions for Boston yes, College at 200 sir. receiving yards yeah. at 3,000 and TDs at 29. Yeah. So, like you said, John, how do you pass up? And his yards after the catch are unreal. Statistically, that is a great pick. I, like yeah. I said, I think he's going to be uh, uh, an A-B without the uh, stripping on the field. So, Well, yeah, as long as he keeps his clothes That's on. That's it. <laughs> well, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you are now on the clock. All right, Baltimore so Ravens. Say again? No, go ahead. Uh, okay. Baltimore Ravens, number 22, take Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. And, um, you know, I'm really interested. This is even more interesting today than it was mm-hmm. when we did this draft the other day because now they've signed this deal with OBJ. And, uh, you know, now you're talking about putting people on both sides of the field that can go in and get the ball. Now we're still out on what's going to happen with Lamar. Um, you know, I'm not. Yeah, but you get him those weapons. He's gonna yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no reason for him not to be if him and the coach and staff and front office can all get on the same page. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, uh, a great receiver. He's probably. You know, to me, he's as good as, if not better, than Drake London that the Falcons picked up last year in the draft. Um, you know, he's not six foot. Yeah, he's five eleven, one seventy three. You know, he might be able to pick up another inch somewhere in there. But uh, got a four four forty. He's got a vertical thirty four inches, so that says a lot. And his broad jumps ten foot two inches. So I think, you know, I think it's a uh, good receiver for the Ravens and the situation they're in right now. And I think OBGA, if nothing else, can help get this kid to another level on his own. So I'll say real quick, John, that uh, I think the Ravens lock down Lamar. If they show him enough love in this sense, maybe they can rekindle this flame and bring him back. You know, kind of like, hey, man, we're sorry we did you dirty, but now look, we got OBJ over here. We're getting you a wide receiver right here. I mean, we're trying to help you out, you know, so give and take relationship. So I think it's a good pick if you look at it from that perspective. I agree. I think he's unpolished as a route runner, but I definitely think OBJ is going to really help uh, teach him 
OBJ is nasty at his route running and being able to shake the defense. Uh, the dude is a little bit older. I mean, he's 26 years old as a rookie, but I think he has the the possesses the ability to grow into a real threat. Like I said, um, I think Lamar is definitely going to be interested. And if nothing else, coming back and signing that franchise tag to see how it plays yeah. out. So I think you at least get a year out of yep, him with this. I like it. All right, keeping it moving, going back to Ray Ray. Uh, you are on the clock. So, with the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings are going to pick up this man who's fallen pretty far behind, Mr. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. So, as we could sell, he's second-team All-American, four interceptions, third motion of the Pac-12. I mean, he's a great great corner, 6'1", 197 pounds. He's going to do what you need him to do. He's going to take care of it on that side of the ball for you. He's going to fill those gaps. You know, he's... He's just going to do the job, man. He's going to take care of business over there. I think it's a great pick, personally. I think he'll uh, definitely do what they need him to do. Um, you know, it, I don't know that he'll really, come draft day, be that still available that far down, but we'll see. But for this intent and purposes, he is. And I think it's going to be uh, impressive what he uh, could do in uh, Minnesota, for sure. Yeah, I like I said, I like him. I think he was uh, arguably the top cornerback in the draft. He's fifth fastest DB in the draft. Um, has possesses big playmaker ability, and he's definitely going to be a replacement for Patrick Peterson, who went to Pittsburgh. So, Vikings, I think you got a great pick here. Jaguars, you are on the clock. All right, so Jaguars, we need a little bit of help, but we're trending in the right direction. So. With the 24th pick, I take Dante Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. I think he's a great talent as a quarterback. He's very fast, very, very fast. Runs at 4.35. He comes in and helps a pass defense that ranks 27th in yards allowed. I definitely think he can come in day one and be a starter on your defense. So I I think he's going to contribute right out the rip, and you're going to start seeing the fruits of your labor day one with this guy. Go ahead, Neil. I like it. I like the pick. I think it's a uh, good pick. I don't really have anything to say about this pick. I think it's the right pick at this number. I think when you get down to the draft at this point, you're kind of picking what, you know, these puzzle pieces that are still falling. I want to say to the wayside, but what you need, Jaguars have shown that uh, Sunshine can get it done on the offensive side of the ball and then go get it done at Waffle House later on. So why not get Deontay Banks, get a corner, help out that defense, get a stronger secondary. like it. Good pick. All right. Well, uh, New York Giants, you are now on the clock. All right. We're going to the Giants. We need to uh, protect Mr. Daniel Jones, who ran his heart out last year and try to keep the Giants in the uh, mix. This year, we're going to take uh, offensive lineman out of Georgia, Mr. Broderick Jones. Bro, 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 bro. That's right. Go, dog. I'm going to have to mute both of you. The 25th pick. And uh, Broderick is. Man, he's just a big boy, 6'5", 311 pounds. Put him with other guys we were talking about, and I think he uh, he's going to do good things, give uh, Jones some protection, and I think he'll be good to go. I think he has a credible athleticism for an uh, offensive tackle. Uh, he's definitely going to help an offensive line that in the past years has struggled to keep Daniel Jones from looking like Eli Manning. 
Uh, I think there's huge upside to this kid, so I like it. Giants, you uh, you got your good pick there. Hey, man, he's a proven winner. He was on the two national championship teams, and he blocked for uh, arguably the greatest college quarterback of all time, easily the best for Georgia. No arguments there. It's a great pick. Daniel, Danny Dimes needs that help. Yeah, he does. All right, keeping it moving, going to Ray Ray with the 26th pick. Dallas Cowboys, you're on the clock. So uh, the Dallas Cowboys obviously are going to need some help when it comes to this big boy position. They love them, this tight end. So with the 26th pick, we're going to have to pick Big O. That is Darnell Washington, Georgia. Six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-four pounds. You talk about a big body. You talk about a man that you can see. You're talking about Dak Prescott getting some help. That's the man right there. You don't have to be able to block. You just stand in the way. You just get down the field. You're all. You're always open at six seven. You put that arm up. It's there. Uh, I mean, that's just what you need. They need somebody to fix that. We've talked over. We beat the dead horse on how much you need a tight end. This is the tight end of the future for Dallas. I got. No arguments there. Dallas needs a tight end. Dak Prescott just can't throw slants or throw it deep every time. He needs that quick shutdown. He needs somebody to uh, be a security blanket. No arguments for me. Yeah, I love the pick. Um, I love Big O. He's got soft hands, and he's going to be really be a huge asset to uh, Prescott for sure. I love the pick. Well, moving right along, Bills Mafia, you are on the clock. All right. For the 27th pick, the Bills Mafia choose Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida. Pretty sure I said his last name wrong, but he'll get the gist of it. Uh, That's pretty good. The Bills, they need to beef up that line. They need to protect Josh Allen. We're seeing Josh Allen start to get injured. He's not Superman no more, right? He's being exposed. The kryptonite is being exposed, him taking these hits. Uh, They finished in the bottom half of the line last year. This dude... I know Neil loves his size. This dude is 6'5", 330 pounds. Yeah. Expect him to come in day one and cause issues for defenses. I love it. Talk about plugging up a hole, son. He can definitely do that. In words of Neil, when he plays Madden, I just need a fat boy to fill a hole. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, this this fat boy can attack and move, too. Yeah, so that's who I'm picking, man. I love the pick. Great pick. I don't think you can go long. We've proven how much linemen matter in this game, just in general. It's a great pick. All right, well, yeah. uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Mr. Joe Cool, you are now on the clock. 28th pick, Cincinnati Bengals pick, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And this is the biggest dude in the there draft. I forgot I picked the two biggest ones, 6'8", 374 pounds. Um, 84.53 rating. That's just what happened. I mean, he's just a beast. Um, hey, if you're going to pick two behemoths, no wonder you're going to get them mixed up. Yeah, man, huge. And at that size, the kid still runs a 5'3", five, 540-yard five, dash. Um, That's, That is truly scary. That is the freight train. Yes, sir. That brings you back to the days of the fridge. Coming down here last year. Y'all probably too young to know about the fridge. Slightly, slightly. Showing your age. Showing your age a little bit now. <laughs> I, I think it's a great pick, man. Joe Cool struggles to stay upright. I mean, he don't get me wrong. Joe Cool makes some plays, but he's definitely struggling to stay upright. They did get uh, Orlando Brown this offseason. I, I do think that Dewan Jones will need a little work to excel at this level, but he's a big man. I mean, helping his hand placement, helping his you know feet placement, that's stuff that can be taught. You can't teach size, so I like it. 
All right, keep moving, going over to the hated <laughs> New Orleans Saints. You are on the clock. So I see now why I got picked to do the Falcons because I, I had to get the best and the worst and also giving you two. I know that you would have probably picked Mr. Irrelevant at this position just to do the Saints dirty. So to do them a little justice, this, the New Orleans Saints for the 29th pick, we're going to go with Mr. Darnell Wright, guard, our tackle from Tennessee. This man can do whatever one you need him to do. We're back here on the line. You know, oh boy, he's going to need some help when it comes to staying upright. Can't even think of his name. He's the same that they got rid of. They're so interchangeable. But here we are again, offensive tackle. We just need to beef up a line. Let's put a fat boy. Let's plug a hole. 6'5", 333 pounds. I don't think you can go wrong with betting on a guard. No, I like it. I think it's a good pick for sure. Saints are going to need him. Um, and he's definitely a, a good one to take at this point in the draft. Uh, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think it's great. The Saints uh, did a lot with their interchangeable quarterback there, Derek Carr. And uh, – Oh, yeah, I got you. you. And their wide receiver and core, I mean, they got a lot going on. I think this is on arguably your biggest need, so I think it's a great pick at uh, 29th for the Saints. All righty then. Well, moving right along, Philadelphia Eagles, you are back on the clock. All right, so we've already picked Jalen Carter, but I still want to work on that defense. So with the 30th pick, I'm going to pick Diane Henley, linebacker out of Washington State. Uh, running back is a big need at this point, right? I don't think anybody can argue that Philly is a need of running back, but you can get one later in the draft. I think at this point, you got to go after the solid, which is that linebacker. I think he's a better choice. This dude's fast. He's going to allow the Eagles to create pressure on their running back from the second level. Got a high motor, runs all across the field, You know, never runs out of energy. So he, he needs some work and coverage, but he's going to be able to learn from some great people like uh, Darius Slay and, and Bradbury and some of the other ones. So I think this kid has got very good upside playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. I got nothing to say against that. He's proven to be the true linebacker drafted so far as the best one in this draft. I don't think you can go wrong there. And like you said, you can get a running back later on. Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, I think it's a good pick for sure. I don't think it's a reach either. I think it's right on the money. All right, well, with the 31st pick and the final pick in the first round in the NFL draft, Kansas City Chiefs, you are now on the clock. All right, so Kansas City Chiefs, last year's Super Bowl champions, got 34 free agents go on the market this season. So they are having to do some rebuilding going on and play some players. And uh, one of the places they need to do that is on the offensive line. So with a 31st and the last pick of the first round, Kansas City Chiefs take Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, 6'4", 315 pounds. Uh, young cat, but, man, he is quick, 4.9840. Uh, big boy, 28.5-inch vertical, 8-foot-9-inch broad jump. Um, he's just got great strength, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a huge addition to keeping Patrick Mahomes, uh, give him a little more time when he needs it. And you know Andy Reid, he's great at finding these offensive linemen too. So, you know, this is arguably one of the top offensive tackles in the in the draft. I think you can make the argument for all the ones that we threw out in this round being arguably, 
you know, number one or number two at least. So, or uh, Orlando Brown, you know, he left and joined the Bengals, so there's that hole to be filled. This kid's going to come in. He's going to do well for the Chiefs, and uh, he's going to make sure that line keeps them in Super Bowl contention for years to come. Yeah, no no arguments. Andy Reid's proven to be able to pick what he needs to pick and get the job done. He's becoming one of the best coaches to ever do it, especially in modern times. Uh, if that's truly what he picks, I would believe in Andy Reid on that one. And this concludes the Late to Work Sports mock draft for round run. So, gentlemen, I think uh, – I think it was interesting. We had some picks where, you know, we didn't agree with each other. We had some picks where it was like it's a no-brainer. But uh, all in all, I think it went really well. Yeah, I want to see how realistic yeah, it is come draft case. day. I think it's. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job, personally. And personally, I enjoyed it. Thanks for the invitation. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Yes, it was sir. long-winded. It was fun, though. A little bit longer episode, but I think uh, there's some good stuff in here. So before we uh, wrap up the show, though, Neil, I know you've heard it before, we got to do the uh, fact of the week. So, Ray, Ray, Neil, y'all gentlemen, whichever one of y'all wants to go first, one of y'all got me a fact. So, let me, uh, I'll start off. This one was sent in by one of our people in the Discord to Ooh, me. Like so, it. I'm going to hit both of them. So, they're getting a little bit of movement. So, the Warriors finished the first quarter 55 points, which is the most scored in the first quarter in NBA history. Last done by Charlotte this year at 51, excuse me. 51 points Charlotte did earlier this year, and before that, it was in 2019 set by the Golden State Warriors. So they said, hey, Charlotte, we're going to bust it because we don't want to be tied with the likes of you. And then secondly, no team this year has scored under 80 points in a season, or in a game, excuse me. The last time that happened was the 1969-70 to season. So the argument there is, is defense even being played anymore? <laughs> wow. Well, uh... Neil, you got you got us a fact of the week. Yeah, let's go on out to Oakland, back to Major League Baseball. Oakland on Tuesday night last week announced attendance for a four three win over the Cleveland Guardians was only three thousand four hundred and seven people in attendance there. Eleven of the thirteen AAA ball clubs that played on the same day had more people in attendance than the Oakland A's on that <laughs> oh my day. God. Oh, there's your little fun fact out of Oakland for last Tuesday. Oh man, just move so them that, back down. Just move them down. Hey, that that touches base to what you and I talked about before, John. Some places just got so many teams; these other ones get overshadowed. Yeah, yeah. That's and we we threw out Oakland A's. Yep. God, dude, that's that's horrendous. Well, uh, that sucks. Well, I'm gonna kick it to baseball too, because you know I'm riding my high after my Padres put the spanking on the Atlanta Braves, and. uh I'm going to say this one. Babe Ruth acquired his 700th home run baseball by paying the fan who caught it $20. How much was that worth back then? How much is it worth back then or how much is it worth now? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, either uh, way, because $20 back then is probably a lot more than a. Uh, I would say $20 now would probably be what? A couple thousand? It's not going to be what it's fetching now. Twenty dollars is not a million. No. You know what I mean? Babe Bruce. Yeah, what year was that? Man, I don't know. I think twenty dollars nowadays might be nineteen twenties. Yeah, I mean, uh I don't know. It's only three hundred bucks. That you looked up the conversion? In nineteen twenty, yeah, it's about three hundred bucks. Wow. Can you imagine that? Yo, you are mad at your great grandfather for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it, 
later in the 30s, it's only 360 bucks. Mm. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's no telling how much that's worth nowadays. A lot more than $300. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at least four. Yeah, at least. <laughs> All right, well, uh, with that, Neil, do you got any uh, shout-outs for anybody? You want to shout anybody out while you're on the show? No, man, I'm good. Shout-out Atlanta Braves. They just uh, Sean Murphy came up and just hit a two-run walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning for his first home run in the A. So welcome to the A, yeah, Sean Murphy. Way to get us a W. There you go. There you go. Y'all needed that. Uh, y'all needed. Yeah, we, we needed after that last year. I was about to say y'all needed that, but y'all get a chance for redemption yeah, coming beat, up I'm soon. Beat it before you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll we're get gonna, everybody healthy. Stop, stop it. Why you keep talking all this trash, man? You had to eat them words last time. Just stop to. it. It don't matter because y'all ain't y'all are below anyway. Y'all ain't gonna do nothing. It's fine. Below. We got the same record, and we uh we whooped that. That's okay. We're top of our whooped list. Whooped it. Whooped them. Can't hear can't hear you down there. You might have won three, but you're still yeah, not yeah, yeah. You could hear all them home runs we were hitting. Huh. Who's your shout out this week, Ray Ray? So I'm gonna have to go with uh, it's it's a little preemptive because there's a f- few more podcasts before them. But I'm gonna go ahead and shout out Three Strands Vineyard and our friends, uh, the Summer Hours, celebrating their anniversary for the Vineyard coming on the 21st. So this this month on the 21st, they're gonna be having their anniversary. That's yeah, they're good cool. people. Great friends of ours. The whole Vineyard. Congratulations to them and their anniversary. Uh, only shout out I really got this week. Uh, I want to shout out my uh, my family, my mom, uh, Ronnie, my dad, Vicky, um, uh, and then uh, my in laws. I want to shout both of them out as well. You know, uh, Lisa, Darvin. Um, we went and spent some time, and my and my uh, sister in law Keely. We went and spent some time with all of them. My brother Mason. And uh, it was good, man. It was good just to see the family. So uh, I know some of them listen to the show. Some of them listen to the show and they don't even like sports just to support us. So that's, that's right. Yeah. So I, I want to give them a shout out and just tell them thank you um, for the influences you've had in my life, my wife's life, our children's life, and, and just always being supportive of us. So thank you all again. My in-laws actually got a little farm. I'm not going to try to butcher the name and tell y'all it on the air because I will mess it up, but I'll make sure next week I have it correct. But they got a little farm. You have to check them out. Uh, they got a Facebook page and stuff like that where they get on there and they, they do different, different stuff. They sell chickens and quails and eggs and rabbit. and Man, it's they got it going on. That's a lot. They got it going on, man. So, But that is my shout-out for the week. So besides that, gentlemen, I got nothing else. So... Neil? No, I appreciate the invitation, guys. Really enjoyed it. And uh, maybe you'll have me back again sometime. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, well, hey, uh, I got to I gotta go, guys. My my wife is calling me, telling me that apparently they, they, they think I'm late at work. But uh, I'm going to have to go explain this one. So I'm going to have to see you. I got to get out of here. All right. Well, with that, we're out. <laughs>